I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. verses 9 to 10. Jabez was honored more than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from hurt and harm. And the God granted what he said. The word of the God for the people of God. They tried to give me the uh, cordless mic, the um, the lavalier, but I said I'm not very comfortable with those things. I've never used that before, so I'm going to just go ahead and uh, hold the microphone because it just makes me a little bit more comfortable. But Kingstown, God bless you. It is a delight to be able to be here before you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really, really, 
really excited to be able to speak to you all and just give you a little bit of what the Lord has been given to me for the last few weeks as after uh, Pastor Michelle so graciously invited me. Um, I just want, if you all could just do me a favor, it just helps me get a little bit um, uh, loose, if you will. This helps me get a little bit loose. And um, I, I, I will get into a little bit of who I am and all that wonderful stuff in a little bit. But right now, I'm excited, and I know that you all are excited, because, in, well, let me just go back. In March, I was ordained an itinerant elder in the AME Church. So I know what Michelle just went through. And I know firsthand how she must feel right now. So I know that we're on camera, and I know I pray that she's watching. If not, she'll catch it at some point. But if we could just all jump to our feet and just give her the loudest scream and roar of just how excited you are. So can we just celebrate? Pastor for many years now. 
I have first learned about your ministry and your church through a friend of mine who was in the, the Board of Examiners, what we call it, through the Methodist Church, where basically ministers in training. Um, a good friend of mine, Reverend Harold Sims, he's a pastor down in uh, Southern Maryland now, but he lives here in the Kingstown area. And he told me about your pub theology, <laughs> your courageous conversations. So my first interaction with Kingstown was through pub theology. And it was just the most, <laughs> enjoyable, interesting, fun, different, that's the key word, <laughs> different experience uh, inside the scope of the church. And I appreciated it so much. And because of that, I got on your mailing list and I started communicating to you all on Facebook and I follow everything that you all do. Um, and, and so I, I, that was my first experience with you all. And I just started following you all. And I got to know Michelle a little bit through that experience. And I really just, I, I left there and I just started telling all my friends. And all my friends, and, and now in the AME church, it's gonna be a hard sell. It's gonna be a hard sell. But I'm determined to figure out a way to tweak it just a little bit. But I come here today to speak to you about a subject that God placed in my heart that I believe is a word that will help you see what God is asking of you and your church in this season. I have watched you march and advocate for equality and the basic dignity of all of God's people. I've heard the call to action and rallying cries to advance a spirit of inclusion and affirmation. As I mentioned, I've attended on several, uh, even raised some questions and offered some of my own opinions during, during your courageous conversations, which by the way, like I said, I'm, I'm borrowing some of that. I'm gonna take some of that across the bridge one way or the other. Um, I, I have watched how you have annexed yourselves from, from Aldersgate and tried your own path within the Aldersgate and within the United Methodist context in order to reach as many people as possible and introduce them to the love of Jesus the Christ. I've seen and celebrated the fact that you don't limit yourselves to the availability of this facility. Rather, you take your worship outside of the walls often. You're feeding the sick, you're, you're clothing the, the naked, you are doing the work that God has commanded us to do. I see how you have a loving heart for the community, how you have a loving heart for each other. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of this ministry. So while you might not know me that well, I know you. And I see everything that you're doing and I'm so excited for what you're doing and what you're doing in this season. The challenge is, while we're doing all the work, and even while your pastor is away, um, and you're doing so many things right, sometimes we can get into a rut that we're doing everything that God has called us to do. And in so much so that we forget some of the things that God has actually called us to do in our own lives. So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about not just uh, on what God is having you to do in this next season of your church, but I need you to look inward at yourselves. And, and find out what it is that God may be calling you to be doing in your own lives. One thing that I learned about uh, many Western Christians is that we often are some of the most blessed in the world. And because of this, as Christians, we often are humble. We humble ourselves so much because we already have so much. And so what I mean is we, we don't allow God to fully be God sometimes. And so what we're gonna talk about today is, yes, you're humble. Yes, we want to be humble. But God also wants us to make our appeal known. And to make our appeal known in a way that God is able to truly be God and release all of the blessings that he has for us. I want you to revisit, while we talk for a moment, that desire that the Lord has put in your spirit. Revisit uh, that thing that you've been 
maybe wanted at one point in your life, but then you know you got to be a certain place and you kind of put it down. Uh, revisit some of the, the, the things that God has told you, the purposes that you have in your life. But maybe because you decided in this season that you're starting a family, you put some of your own wishes and desires to the side. Or maybe because you started a business, you're putting some of your other, uh, you're making some other sacrifices in some other areas. But what we're going to talk about is about how we can have all those things that God has already promised us and still live and operate in the season that we're in right now. And a lot of times what we find ourselves doing is we find ourselves, especially as Western Christians, like I said, you know, um, even, even though we um, may have a month or two where, you know, we're a little short on our finances and this, that, that, most of us in here are never really hungry. Most of us in here are never, have never found ourselves naked or maybe not even homeless. And even homeless sometimes takes on a different, maybe I don't know where I'm going to stay tonight, but I always will find a place to stay because of my family or my friends or things like that. Uh, so, but we, a lot of times what happens is we find ourselves in a situation where because we're already blessed, as we call ourselves, as we know ourselves to be, we limit God on blessing us further. We feel as though it's, it's too, we're, doing, we're being too proud if we ask God for any more. But you know what? I want to talk to you about a man named Jabez tonight, this morning. And, and, and Jabez, we don't, we don't know Jabez for what he did. We don't know Jabez for how he lived. We don't know Jabez for all the people that he touched in his life. We don't know Jabez even for the pain that he allegedly was supposed to have caused. We know Jabez because of what he prayed. And so today we want to talk about prayer just a little bit. Have you ever been in a situation where there are some things that you may have done in your past or, or some things where people you know, know about you and then that somehow limited you? Uh, maybe you just couldn't get past certain things. You just couldn't uh, um, be able to rise up and, and work, push through some things. Jabez is the kind of person here, it says in the text that he was named Jabez literally just because he caused his mother pain during childbirth. Now, to put this in context, ladies, I don't know. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that it hurts. I'm going to take you at your word that it hurts. I'm going to take you at your word that from the moment you realize that, that you're expecting that there are changes that go on that make life a little uncomfortable for you during those months that you carry. And husbands, we feel that a little bit too. <laughs> I mean, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I've, I've, been, I've been there. But it's not to the level that you all. That's why we run out and get the ice cream. That's why we run out and do some of those favors. But, but the, this particular person, Jabez, was hindered from, very, from birth because of his name. Now, I want to go back just for a second and give you all a little bit of lesson. First Chronicles, written, believed by Ezra, is a, is a narrative, mostly a genealogy. For the first, if you go, when you go back in home and you study, for the first nine chapters, all that Ezra is doing is listing a genealogy of names. Prior to this verse 9 and 10, there are 40 names ahead of Jabez. Then after Jabez, for the next uh, um, four and a half chapters, it goes on to, to describe over 400, 450, I believe, names. Now, if you can get through all those names, you're a champ. You're a real champ. But one day, just do it as a discipline and try to read chapter four of all the names. But when they get to Jabez, they stop. And they tell us just a little bit. It's almost like that game, which one doesn't fit? You know, when you look at puzzles, like which, which doesn't fit here? 
and that's Jabez. And so for, for many reasons, while the author is going through all these names, they stop at Jabez. And what they say about Jabez is his mother named him Jabez because Jabez means pain in Hebrew, or sounds like pain in Hebrew, as I read. And so imagine carrying something like that your whole life, growing up, going to school. It's enough thing, there's enough bullying going on. I'm sure even in, in, in early Palestine, there was bullying. People made fun of him because his mother called him a pain. Uh, people made fun of him because he just, you know, and you can just imagine how he probably acted in response to that. An interesting thing, I don't know how many of you all may have seen this on the news. There was a woman in the news this past week who just earned her PhD in higher education leadership from a university called Cardinal Strath University, which is in Wisconsin. Her name is Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke. Her name is Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke. Her mother named her <laughs> Marijuana Pepsi Jackson. Then she got married, Van Dyke. Miss <laughs> Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke earned her bachelor's degree, earned her master's degree, and at 46 years old, just earned her PhD. Her dissertation, get this, was black names in white classrooms, teachers' behaviors and student perceptions. She took something that was otherwise very difficult, very painful, very challenging, and turned it into power. And, 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 and likewise, our last president, the 45th president, the 44th president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, while he was in college, he adopted the nickname Barry. He thought he was gonna go in that direction. We're gonna go with Barry. That kind of works. It's a little bit, little bit easier to, to navigate Columbia University as Barry than as Barack. But I wonder what happened to him at some point when he realized that his name meant blessed. The name Barack means blessed in Hebrew. So when we look at the text, and when we see that, that, that Jabez said, called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, he, in his native language, said, oh, that you would barak me, meaning blessed. And so it's amazing how when people get uh, handed certain challenges just by your own name in some cases, how you can, when you learn about who you are, you can then turn that around for good. What I love about Jabez is, the beginning of the verse, it says, he was more honorable than his brothers. He was more honorable than his brothers. I wonder if that's why the writer decided to put that in there. But if you go on, I'm not sure that's why. And you go on and you find out that he then called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. So I want to talk for a moment on the blessings and help us understand blessings. God has the power to bless. And this is really where I want us to understand some things. I don't care how you started. I don't care what your limitations you may perceive them to be. I don't care what people have told you that is not consistent with who you believe to be or who God has called you to be. I don't care if you're too tall, too short, too wide, too thin, too dark, too light, too this, too that. It really doesn't matter. Because when you put your hands in God's hands, it's possible. That which God has been promising you, 
that what God has spoken to you, it's possible. And I need somebody in here to understand that because a lot of times we allow our own limitations to dictate our future success. We allow our own limitations to dictate how we even see ourselves. How many times has somebody asked you to do something because they saw some promise in you for you to back up is like, no, let's, let's, get, let's, let's get somebody else to do that. They're, they're a better singer than me. They're a better speaker than me. Uh, I, I get nervous talking in front of people, so have somebody else who's, they're not afraid to talk in front of people. But at the same time, this is the anointing that rests on you that people who are walking in the anointing and walking in the spirit of God are able to see it on you. And when they see it on you, they come and they ask you to do things that you haven't thought to do before. That's called the anointing. And the anointing that rests on each and every one of us. And it's the same type of anointing that obviously rests on Jabez because the Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. They don't tell us his brothers' names. Out of 4,000 names, they don't tell us his brothers' names. They don't tell us his mother's name. Everybody else when you go through there is somebody begot somebody who begot somebody who begot somebody who was married to this person, this person, this person, then they begot and they begot and they begot and they begot. And then, they, and then there's Jabez, was honorable more than his brothers and his mother named Jabez. And I just believe that Jabez, despite what he was called, despite the name that was given to him, despite how he entered into this world, because how many of you all know that we don't have any control how we come into this world? All we can control is what we do and what we make of this world once we get here. And that's where we have to step up and decide, you know what, I may have caused you a whole lot of pain, Mom. I may have a bad relationship with you, Dad. But if I'm going to get where God has me to go, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to move past that. I'm going to work on that. But I'm going to, more importantly, I'm going to go where God would have me to go. Because God has the power to bless. Interesting enough, though, what you have to understand here is that we are only limited. We are only limited by God. If God has promised something to us, then God is going to deliver something to us. Has God ever done anything for anybody in here that you forgot that you even wanted? You're like, you know, I, God, you're, wow, you know, I forgot I wanted, I even wanted this. I put it down thinking it wasn't going to happen. Short story, quick story. As a 18-year-old uh, coming out of high school, I wanted to go to Howard University. I'm from New Jersey. I wanted to come down here to go to Howard University in the nation's capital. I heard so many great things about it. It's where I wanted to go to school. I was not a very good student. I was not a very good student. I was like your C-ish student. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, I didn't get in there. I, I went to a school that I went to. I loved it. I, I matured. I made dean's list. I prospered. I did what I needed to do because God sent me where I needed to be. But so many years later, when, I, when, when the Lord called me into ministry and I talked to my pastors about it, she said, go to Howard School of Divinity. I said, all right, I'll apply. I already got told no once. What could it hurt? I got in, I got scholarships, I graduated on time, and now I had the degree that I forgot I even wanted. And what's interesting about it is what I was going through and when I was matriculating through around my second year, you know, sometimes a three-year program, my second year I was feeling beat up, like, you know, I had work, family, school, all these things were just beating me up. And a good friend took me into the library where we could just get it out and yell and mm, 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 yeah. and, and, and he did, he allowed me to do that. But then it's that as soon as I was getting it all out, the Lord just downloaded. He said, don't you see what I've done for you? 
I took you to the very place that you wanted all along. You forgot you even wanted this. So why are you complaining? Instead, make the most of this opportunity because I'm trying to lay it out for you just as you want it. And when I walked in here today, I had an alumni pin on my lapel because at Ebenezer where I was, we're celebrating Alumni Day. And so I got to wear the alumni pin of the school I always wanted. This is the kind of God that we serve. Sometimes we forget that which we even asked him for. Sometimes we forget how bad we wanted something. And we just accept the fact that it wasn't going to happen for us. But lo and behold, if you live long enough, if you serve long enough, if you hold on to God's hand, he'll bring you through it. He'll bring you through it. The next thing I want to show you is the fact that in his prayer, as Jabez was praying, Jabez said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. This is the part I was talking about where we are afraid sometimes to pray this. I talked to a friend of mine in ministry, and I told her what I was going to preach on. And she said, oh, yeah, I don't like that prayer because I don't feel worthy to ask God for more. This is a preacher of the gospel who doesn't feel worthy to ask God for more. And that's how we are sometimes because, hey, let's face it, my car is running, my bills are paid, my children are doing okay. You know, what more can I really ask God for? It's up to me now to hold up my end of the bargain. But you can never hold up your end of the bargain. How many know that we all fall short of the glory of God? We all sin and all fall short. But if our Heavenly Father still wants to pour out blessings on us and blessings on us and blessings on us, why wouldn't we tap into that? It's like me coming to the back door with a whole truckload of toys and gifts or whatever, and, and you didn't have to go shopping for your kids for Christmas this year. You can just come out and take whatever you want. Take whatever you want. If, whatever G.I. Joe they want is in there. I got it. But you said, no, I'd rather go and, you know. No, I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's not stolen stuff. This is, I paid for it. It's a donation. Okay? I just got to put that out there because, you know, when you're at the barbershop, sometimes you can come in. <laughs> this is what God is like. God has so many blessings for us that we don't even tap into most of them. Think about that for a minute. God's blessings are so vast, we don't even tap into most of them. And because we don't tap into them, it's because we don't ask for them. We feel that we should have to work for some things. We feel that we should have to do something in order to receive something. And I understand a good work, work ethic. And I understand all that. But there is the thing of a favor of God. And the favor of God that rests on all of our lives is that which we tap into. Because that's what God allows us to get things that we don't deserve. God's favor is when God blesses you when you're not favorable. When other people would turn their backs on you, God says, you're still a child of God. I'm still going to bless you. Why? Because you represent me. Kingstown, every time you go out there and you tell people you're about Kingstown, therefore you're telling people about me. So how can I let you suffer when you're about my business and you're going out to this dying world and telling people about me? Proverbs 10.22 in the NIV version says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. But we're too worried about the fact that maybe I didn't, I didn't earn enough of God's blessings. That's why I'm in this situation that I'm in. Well, I came to challenge you, Kings, uh, Kingstown. I came to challenge you. As your pastor comes back, renewed, revived, now newly ordained, she's been with all these other preachers and, and churches and getting all kinds of experiences and downloading a whole bunch of ideas. Not only will this, this ministry go to the next level, but I just want you to pray this prayer for yourself for 30 days and see what God will do. Believe in yourself that you are worthy of an enlarged territory. God doesn't want you to stay right where you are, and you may be balling out right now. But the bottom line is God has more than you. God has 
more to give you. And, and the fact of the matter is, why wouldn't you want to tap into that? And it doesn't just have to be about personal wealth. Or some, somebody's enlarged territory is literally, literally, I just want to sleep through the night, God. God, I just want these headaches to stop. God, I just want my child to do right. God, I just want to get some relief on these student loans. God, I just want my church to expand. God, I just want to be used by you in a different way. God, I just want you to look at me one more time and say, you, my dear daughter, you, my dear son, I have a job for you. Enlarging one's territory does not have to be about a physical territory. Does not have to be, it could be God, I just want to open up the scriptures and you pour into me. So when I read, I don't fall asleep on the Bible, but I'm empowered by the Bible. When I read it, I can understand what you're saying to me in a new way, in a way that I haven't seen before. This is what enlarging our territory is about. Two more things and I'm out. I love this part. If you read the script, and, and he said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from hurt and harm. Oh, church, that's good news right there. Because this is what makes asking God to enlarge your territory different than asking God to just give you more paper in your pocket. Different than a bigger car. Different Because one thing I've learned about Kingstown is that, yes, you're a church that comes and fellowships together, but you take the word outside of the walls. You go out to the parks. You go out to the others. You go out to the community, and you let it be known that we are forced to be reckoned with here. When he says that your hand might be with me, that's basically saying, God, as you bless me, I'm going to do it your way. As you bless me, I'm not going to embarrass you with what you're giving me. In other words, I talked to the group at Bible study last Wednesday night. I said, if you just allow me to use my theological imagination when I read this, and it says that your hand might be with me, this is what I see. One hand is on your shoulder, guiding you, guiding you. The other hand of God is in front of you, clearing things out of the way, moving things out of the way. He's guiding us and moving things out of our way. That's what the hand of God is like. The hand of God is when, when you are moving as God is directing. And that's what Jabez is paying. And that you would keep me from hurt and harm. Jabez's name means harm. Jabez, his whole life, was reminded about the pain that he caused. But when he asked God to bless him, he said, I don't want to do any more harm. I want to be a blessing to other people. I want to give other people, even people who didn't give me. I want to do more for others. That's the Kingstown spirit that's here. So church, it's possible. It is possible that the dreams and goals that you have for yourselves and for your families, no matter how vast they are, it is possible. I just ask that you begin to pray this prayer. Because if you start praying this prayer, God will meet you right there. God will meet you, and he will bless you more abundantly. So church, if you'll just stand up all around the church for me, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for I want to pray for you right now. My assignment was to preach and then to pray. So I want to pray a prayer of peace as it said. So if you all will just bear with me. <clears throat> Gracious Father, we thank you for this Sunday morning, God. God, it's a morning, it's beautiful. 
It's a morning that we've never seen before. It's a morning that we'll never see again. And what we do with it, God, will be an honor to you. God, we thank you for this Kingstown communion. We thank you for the pastor of this church and the first dude of this church and for all the, the members and the officers and the, the youth of this church, God. God, we ask that you continue to be with them, God. Keep your hand on them as you direct them through this season, God, of growth and prosperity and new things, God. As you're about to take this church to new heights, God, we ask that your hand be on them, God, so that they will do no harm, God, so that they will face no obstacles, God, that you can't get them through, God, because there's no such thing as that. So, God, right now, we ask that you continue to bless the Kingstown community. We ask that you continue to bless your people, God. And, God, for, uh, for what you taught us today, God, and it's not selfish to ask for an enlarged territory, God. There are some things that your people stand in need of right now, God, some that have been spoken and some that they just still hold in private to themselves, God. But you know what it is. So for each and every member in this church, God, and for their extended family, God, you know what they need. You know what they're praying for. And God, we ask that you give it to them in Jesus' name. Now, God, continue to rise up leaders in this house, God. Continue to rise up new prophets in this house, God, and, and new priests in this house, God, and new, new, new shepherds in this house, God. And continue to rise up this mighty army called Kingstown Communion, God. Because guys have not seen, ears have not heard that what you're going to do in this house, God. So we bless your name. We praise your name. Table. 